Welcome back to Who the Hell is This For? Today we are talking about Sleepaway Camp uh, from somewhere in the 80s. I don't quite remember the release year. 83. Uh, 83. Okay. It feels like an 83. Uh, But this one came to us from a suggestion from our friend Brendan at Debates on Tap. Speaking of, I just recently did an episode with Debates on Tap and Greg from First Issue Club uh, talking about Rise of Skywalker and trying to defend it a little bit. Against two people who very much hated that movie. How are you guys doing today? Great. Great. Um, woke up feeling like Rise of Skywalker was better than Parasite. So, always a good morning. Christ. That's a hot t- Oh, God. <laughs> that is piping hot coming out the oven. It's a really good thing that this episode is going to come out after our year-end episode. <laughs> And Riley will have already awarded it his uh, his best movie of the year. I know. <laughs> that's like, Riley, that's like, I feel like fighting somebody today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what trust me. Say? It's been sitting on the burner for Twitter for a couple days now. And I'm thinking that's about like... just throwing it out at one point. <laughs> God, that, that's just waking up just... I was going to say the exact same thing Jeff did because he said it the best. I, I'm done. I give up. <laughs> I stayed up way too late drinking gin and watching horror movies last night. Yeah, didn't you start something at like one o'clock? I attempted to start The Wailing at uh, uh, midnight, which is a two and a half hour movie, and I'm coming clean. I had not seen it until now. That's one that, as our friends at Nightmare Junkhead say, that's an I've seen that. You can get by in casual conversation about it, but mm-hmm. what I saw, I really dug. Watch it you in the dark. It? I have not finished it because I fell asleep right around one thirty. Gotcha. That's one. That, that this is like one of the rare horror movies that I've seen before you. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel pretty good about that. I actually saw that in the last month, and um, was pretty entertained by it. Uh, I think I also watched it really late. Um, I'm not really sure why. Um, and the last hour is wild. Um, and I won't say anything more, but it's, I think I like, I fell asleep right before it really took off. I think it's a very, like the first hour and a half is like, it's like interesting and it's more like, uh, detective thriller, weird shit going on. And then the last hour you're like, Oh my God. So I'm excited to, s- yeah. There was a surprising amount of humor in that first hour, hour and a half. Like it, like not like an outright comedy, but similar to like The Conjuring. Like there are elements mm-hmm. of it there. Uh, but I'm I'm pumped to finish that one. I also watched Bliss this weekend, which I told you guys about, which is just a wildly horny movie, but also it's it's a fun time. That's gotcha. one that's gnarly as hell. What's the synopsis for the people who haven't seen it? An artist is struggling to finish a painting so she can get paid and then decide she's been sober and then decides to break her sober streak to try and uh, finish this painting. And so she gets on a drug called Bliss 
uh, where it is a DMT and cocaine. The Joe Rogan drug. Yeah, it's the Joe Rogan drug. Bliss brought to you by Bernie Sanders. (laughs) But then uh, it takes a turn, and I don't want to give much else away. Because I went in knowing how the plot changed, but if you go in not knowing it, it's a complete 180. Gotcha. Gotcha. What have you guys been watching? Um, Yesterday, Caitlin and I went to go see uh, Bad Boys for Life. Oh, how's that? How are the boys? It's pretty good. Still bad? (laughs) Mild. But it was good, and especially considering it was a reboot, I thought it was, it was good. I, I thought it was about seven, seven and a half. Okay, well, I'll good, take it. It's a good action movie. Yeah, yeah. Because Michael Bay didn't do this one, right? Well, I don't think he did the other two, did he? It's Jerry Bruckheimer. No, didn't he, didn't Michael Bay do the first two? Oh, well, Bay at least did the first one. Okay, well then it was Bruckheimer that did this one. Bruckheimer produced, but it's two, it's two guys that I haven't heard before, um, who did this one, who directed it at least. Gotcha. I do know Michael Bay made a cameo at one point. Oh, is that who that you know, was? I thought it was Jerry, but I knew that's like you could tell the cameo is so heavy-handed that it's like mm-hmm. this must be, must be. Oh, that's don't speak. Never mind. Yeah, he he did direct both Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. You know who Michael Bay looks like, though? He looks like Michael Bolton. He does. He does. Like, a little bit. Um, let's see. What else have we been watching? Uh, my, like, late-night TV show I've been working through is Power Rangers Turbo on my way to right. Power Rangers Space. Turbo, known as, like, the bottom three of all Power Rangers series, so it's been a real <laughs> rough ride. Oh, I love uh, I love when you get into something and you're like, I know the thing a couple series from now is good, but I have mm-hmm. to watch this one first, and it sucks. That's how I felt about rewatching the Watchmen movie before I watched the series. Oh I was god, like, I have to, I have to watch it because I, I had one, po- I own the the graphic novel, but I can't find it. So I was like, for a primer, <laughs> I have to watch the movie. <laughs> uh, which there are better ways to spend your time, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, speaking of um, catching up and rewatching things uh, to be prepared, currently starting a Clone Wars rewatch. Oh, nice. Because the trailer for season seven looks insane. Oh, I forgot I had another big one uh, that we watched. Uh, we watched Midsummer. Midsummer. Oh. Uh, loved that movie. Yes. Thought it was amazing. Uh, very gruesome, um, but not quite as gruesome as this movie we just watched. <laughs> <laughs> in very different ways. Yeah. In very different ways. Um, but yeah, it was every bit as good as you guys talked about, so I was very happy with it. Yeah. The only other thing I watched was um, I watched The Master this week. Have I thought you, you were going to say one? The Mask. The mask. <laughs> Watch this little Jim Carrey flick. Smack Jim Carrey him. horror movie. <laughs> uh, no, watch the master. Um, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. It's the same guy that did, you know, Phantom Thread and There Will Be Blood. 
um, and Joaquin is in it. And not to bring up the exact same topic we put on every podcast, but that movie is more about the Joker than the movie Joker is. Like oh, the yeah. character that Joaquin plays in The Master is so good. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, I think it's the last movie he did before he died. Um, I believe it was. And he is straight cooking in that movie. I think that might be my favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman performance ever. Is that, that's the one with the pig fuck line, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, context <laughs> for people listening. It's not. He just calls someone a pig yeah, fuck. Yeah, um, he just calls. Oh. <laughs> well, that's why I said um, line. Because it's just, well, I see it on Twitter all the time of just that clip. Yeah. Well, it's based on the synopsis for people who are wondering what it is. So the Master is, um, it's a very, uh, not thinly veiled is the wrong way to say it, but it's basically about like a Scientology type cult um, that like a lost loner kind of gets involved with. So Joaquin Phoenix just kind of happens upon them one day. And so they like try to take him in and like teach him all the stuff and they like show the processing and stuff. And it's, it's wild. Um, it's really, really good. And it kind of shows some cool like psychological stuff of, you could see how someone would like kind of fall into it. Um, and then you see the people who are like kind of calling bullshit on it, but also like aren't really convinced one way or the other. So it's, it's really worth your time. I think it's on Netflix that I watched it on. Um, so it's worth your time. It's, it's been on my list for a while. There are parts that are a little arduous, but it's, like, I think worth it. The, the whole thing, I think, is really good. Dude, arduous is my bag when it comes to movies. I think you would like it, Ty. Riley, I'm not sure if you would love it. Did you really like There Will Be Blood? Oh, yeah. Okay, it's there's not near as much, like, quote-unquote action, but I think it's a very similar feel, more more of a relationship story, I think. Gotcha. But I think you would, if you liked There Will Be Blood, I think you would still like The Master. And okay. it's weird that, like, so I wasn't a huge fan of There Will Be Blood, but I feel like The Master would be the type of thing that works really well for me. It's not, in my opinion, it's not as overacted, right? Mm. Like, Daniel Day-Lewis, in some stuff, people are just like, yeah, he's he's the greatest ever. And other people, I think, are just like, he's so, so many levels deeper into it than anybody else that it can get distracting. So if there's any part of that that you didn't like, I think the master is a lot more subtle, um, and it like seems to fit. Like everybody's kind of doing the same level. Also, Amy Adams is in it, and she does like a great okay. kind of cultish leader too. So yeah, perfect. So you guys ready to talk about Sleepaway Camp? Let's do it. Hell, so. we're gonna yes. stop being friendly. Is that what we're doing? Let's go. <laughs> we we've gotten the pleasantries out of the way. Sleepaway Camp was released January 1st, 1983. Uh, so that's great way to start your year. Proving that all, 80- all great movies come out in January. Exactly. <laughs> it has an 82% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 60% audience score. That's surprising. I would really expect that to be vastly flipped. Yeah, so... I would have figured that this one had a way higher audience score. However, I should say there are 22 critic reviews and 17,000 audience ratings. <laughs> yeah. You probably, you you probably like, yeah, because, you know, there's probably a lot of film critics that, like, see, like, hold this movie in their hand and, like, yeah, I'm not watching that. <laughs> yeah. 
This so this one was a blind buy for me when I was really deep in my habit of going to vintage stock and just finding horror movies. And I was like, I've heard this one mentioned before, or just that one's got a cool cover, and just buying it sight unseen, and then going home and watching it. And I watched this one without any idea of what was happening, and it was such a good payoff. (laughs) Oh, man. Jeff, was there, what do you think this movie did well? Hold on. Before we get into that, I do want to say, if you have not seen Sleepaway Camp, and you intend on seeing Sleepaway Camp... Turn this off. Go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's only an hour and a half. Yeah. There, there is a no way to talk about this movie without completely spoiling everything that it is. And it's still a good movie when you know what's coming. But the first time you watch it, if you can watch it unspoiled, is such an insane experience. Oh, I can attest. This is my <laughs> first time watching it. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it before watching it this morning. And I'm so glad I was able to like preserve that for you guys because I've wanted to do this movie since we've started the podcast. So you've been trying not to spoil it for like a year and a half, yep. basically, is what you're saying? Yep. <laughs> before we do what it does well, since this is one that's a little lesser known, and if we do have anyone that hasn't seen it that's sticking around to listen, I will do a brief synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes and... Keep in mind, like, this is just listed as the synopsis, but it also, like, works as a review. <laughs> like, this is not a objective synopsis. When Angela, Felissa Rose, and her cousin Ricky, Jonathan Tiersten, go off to the dilapidated Camp Arawak for a summer vacation, a series of murders coincidentally occurs. A boy drowns in an overturned rowboat, a sex pervert is scalded to death in a vat of boiling water, another boy dies of a killer bee attack, and yet another is stabbed to death in a shower. But the real victims are the script, dialogue, and acting killed off in the opening scenes. Two even worse sequels follow this film. (laughs) That's the synopsis. (laughs) Oh my god. How's that the synopsis? It gives away all the kills. I know! Oh my gosh. I think this is just a misplaced review. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's... It, the the real victims line is a weird thing to put in the overall synopsis of the film. Uh, oh. So, man. basically, this is your camp slasher with a twist. And I'll talk about it a little bit. I think this movie, and I haven't watched the sequels because I don't care to. I like what this movie is as its own thing. But I think this movie should have gotten the notoriety that Friday the 13th got. I think this is a much better entry into like the pantheon th- of horror icons. I think, um, I think if you look at just those... Like, obviously, like, you have the legacy of Friday the 13th and Jason, but, like, if you put these two up together, yeah, I could see that. Well, this is your absolute last chance to back out if you have not seen this movie and you're listening to this because there is a significant plot point that happens at the very end of the movie that reframes everything and reveals the entire story which i'm about to discuss because it did not get brought up in the synopsis so here we go the reveal that angela is actually peter and is a boy 
is one of the wildest turns a movie has taken. Oh, yeah. Boy, was it. I am shaking my head because is that not completely telegraphed the entire it is. movie? If you watch it knowing it, it's they make it completely obvious. They show you. Well, well even no, at but the I start, like I they, they show it's the boy that yeah. survived and the girl that died. Right. So you're like, this is definitely not the same girl. And so then you're like, it's probably the boy because they're cousins. And so I don't know, like maybe I'm being really cynical, but like I didn't know this coming in and I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's the boy. That's the boy that survived. And that's why he's like traumatized or like, you know, traumatized. And that's why they're not talking because like the lake right over there is where right. his sister died. Well, okay. Then that brings me to another question I had about this movie is who approved this adoption? I mean, I don't think... <laughs> Like, it's very clear that the aunt is not all there and a very shady individual who went through the process of faking the physicals in the beginning to so that people would not find out that Angela is Peter. Um, and she, like, mm-hmm. she just decided to change the gender identity of this kid because she wanted a daughter. Uh, so I think she just kind of took him, just took her, him. Well... So the the way I understood it, and correct me if I'm wrong, the way I understood it is the the two dads were in a relationship together, mm-hmm. and they like had taken the kids with them to like go sailing or whatever, um, and then the daughter dies, um, which I don't know what the daughter's original name was, and then Peter survives, and then I think I don't know, the, supposedly the trauma of that made like. The two dads be like, fuck it, we're out. And so then they like left together. No, the dad died. Yeah. The dad died? No, he didn't. Oh, yeah, he did. He was, he was, yeah, yeah, he was floating in the water. Yeah. So Peter's dad died, and the, um, okay. The, his lover, husband, whatever term, they, I didn't know the nature of their relationship. Uh, but he was just, I mean, I guess, like, I'm not going to raise these kids. Obviously, in the 80s, it's very likely they were not married or raised this kid. Not these kids, because one of them's dead. (laughs) I guess I thought that... Well, I guess I don't really know. I I, I think I was mistaken and thought it was, like, the... the two guys that were together were both dads. So, like, one of the dads was, like ricky's dad and because didn't she say like after my husband left me or something yeah like and i that? think she, yeah i think he just left because she was bonkers oh see i connected it to the other guy that was there when they were sailing okay. that was her husband that could be i like him doing that could have driven her mad mm-hmm. right well that was the whole point is like not only did you know what i mean like he left her he left her for another man, and like at that time, I don't know. You would have would have been like maybe in society shameful or something like that, and that's what drove her mad. But I guess now that I think about it, there's nothing that really mm-hmm. solidifies that story. Yeah, so I took it as being just a totally it. separate guy. Yeah, a totally different person. So yeah, I I do that think that's a kind of a good segue into something I think this movie does well, even though. You may not agree, since it was muddled and not clear. I do think whether on purpose or not, this movie 
turns out to be an incredibly thought-provoking and poignant look at gender and sexuality. Uh, Whether it meant to or not, it, it happened, and it has all of these elements there, and it really put in a very, like... I, I feel like it's a very effective message regarding hiding who you are or hiding w- your expressed gender identity because like the whole thing with, and part of the argument where people say this movie is transphobic is, you know, everything about saying that Angela became a killer because she was a boy. That's, that's not, that's not looking at it deep enough. That's, <laughs> Angela became a killer because she was a boy forced into a gender identity that she did not want or did not identify with. And so I feel like this one could very effectively be relayed and just talk about like, and not like, you know, we need to let these people do this or else they're going to go crazy and hurt us. It's not that it's just showing like how damaging the effects of not allowing somebody to be themselves is. Yeah. Well, and paired that with the major trauma that Peter had went through. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, ultimately this movie is um, like pro being mm-hmm. yourself. And you know what I mean? It's I don't think it's like, yeah, I, I would agree with you saying. I don't think it's saying that they were driven to murder because they were transgender mm-hmm. they you know what i mean so i don't know i i think there's some what you we were saying earlier of of saying this is a this movie has really good um poignant points and is very different from other slashers that is something that i would agree is is good about it i think and that's what i was saying earlier is i, I think the overall themes of this and the larger meta conversation around it is what i like most um, like the actual execution of the film and like watching it, I don't think I enjoyed it near as That's much fair. As, as you. This did, is a very specific um, brand of weirdness but the stuff that where, caters to my interests. Like, sure. What I what I also liked, and and maybe other people have mentioned this before. I, I do apologize. This is like my only discourse around this movie at all. So this may be a very obvious point that other people are making. But you know, this movie does really flip a lot of those tropes in other slashers on its head. So like. There's no female nudity in this movie. So I'm so happy you caught that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> and there's a, there's a lot of, like, mm-hmm. male... Uh, what's not, not male gaze, right? Because that's on female. So I guess there's a lot of female gaze in this movie. Male objectification. Like, mil- Thank you very much. That's what I was trying to say. Like, all the, all the men are wearing very short shorts. It's all pretty tight-fitting. A hell of a crop uh, top. Hell of a crop top. <laughs> Lots of like the counselors are wearing either crop tops or like like a see through mesh shirt. Yeah. Um, the one jacked as hell counselor. Yeah, just unnecessarily yeah. jacked. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like the a bunch of like uh male skinny dipping, you know, that occurs too. And there's no female skinny dipping either. So I think it's interesting. Not that I like necessarily love the objectification of anybody in a movie but i think that it's interesting in this movie that's something that's like a very classic thing for other slashers Mm -hmm. to flip it and i don't know if that's intentionally done with the idea that the killer has a very different point of view or if it's more just like a commentary on it in general but i i did like that and i thought that was like 
I don't know, I thought that was very interesting. There's also, like, lots of different reasons for the kills, which I thought were interesting. Um, but I don't know, I don't want to keep uh, taking up all the time, mm-hmm. so... I, I kind of want to segue with um, you talking about the kills. The practical effects in this movie are bananas. It's I love the practical in this movie. Well, and our our one of our best ones comes right at the beginning with uh, mm-hmm. the molester <laughs> and him getting boiled to death. Yeah, I would just like to say before we we get into him dying, <laughs> the, let's break the him world's down. most. The yeah. world's most obvious child molester of all time. Like, not even with, trying to hide it. With James Earl Jones's dad just giving him a laugh and a wave and walking off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck everybody that's a part of this camp in the kitchen and everybody who just knows that dude's a creep and does nothing about it. Yeah. I feel like, like they, almost, they almost had to make that character, like, so heavy-handed. This dude is very bad and trust us that he's going to die. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, there was not a second that I was like, "Oh, he's probably not going to die." Um, yeah, so I think this movie does an interesting thing. A lot of slashers, quote unquote, justify like why people are dying, right? Like, there's stuff like that in Halloween, like the most innocent people last to the end, and the sinful people, you know, get killed early. And so I thought it was interesting that almost all of the people who get killed, aside from like one like did something to Angela or did something to Ricky or whatever it was. The one that's confusing is what does she murder the kids? Yeah. The, the in the sleeping that, bags. Yeah. I didn't get yeah, that. Or is that something else? That's so I interpreted that as just her. Like that's when Angela goes on the rampage. Like that's when it truly is. Cause Angela doesn't Angela kills, but Angela doesn't snap and straight up murder people until then because i if i remember right all of the kills are kind of like rube goldberg like chain of events type things uh, before being outright murdered well the shower the, okay the, she they're, kills they're, the they're made to look like shower. accidents yeah but i think that's all just building to that final point where angela loses it and cuts the kid's head off on the beach it's also a sloppy cutoff job. So like, I really thought she like oh, yeah. ripped it off. Could have. Yeah. So I don't. I, I thought that was interesting. I liked the. There's also like. Again, I don't know if this is like a common thing or not, but like it seems like a lot of stuff is connected to water. Like obviously her mm-hmm. initial trauma is that the boat death and stuff like that. But like the first kill, she like boils him. The second kill, she drowns somebody. The what was the third kill? The bee or the wasps? Yeah, she gets hit with a water balloon. Yeah, right. Oh, so like, yeah. I don't know if she has like an. She doesn't take a shower at the same time as everybody else, which is partly mm-hmm. like hiding her gender. But you also wonder like, has she showered at all? You know what I mean? Like, does she have an aversion to water in general? Um, yeah. It just you know what I mean. Like a lot of the things actually seemed like kind of tied to that, and obviously they're they're at the camp next to the lake that the trauma occurred in. So, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, but I thought that was interesting. There there seemed to be up until she does the curling iron, like up until then, (laughs) they all seemed kind of like connected to water type of thing. Well, I mean, you knew, you knew Judy was going to get killed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a note about Judy. Do you know who 
originally auditioned to play her. I imagine. Why would I know that? Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) So you've seen 30 Rock, right, Jeff? I know you were big in 30 Rock. Riley, did you watch 30 Rock? I'm familiar with the cast. Jane Krakowski, that played Jenna Maroney, originally auditioned for Judy. (laughs) I'd like to see that. That, I think it would work. I think she could totally do it. Because Jenna Maroney is just a grown-up Judy. Oh my gosh, I uh, I thought Judy was supposed to be better looking based on the way it was described. <laughs> um, Actually, her only description um, was, <laughs> "Oh man, <laughs> hey Ricky, check out Judy." <laughs> I will say another good thing this movie does is it accurately portrays just how shitty, like. 13 14 15 year old kids are oh yeah um and it's very maybe partial with that is it is very confusing how old everybody is <laughs> like are the counselors like 20 are the older campers like tw- like 17 like how well, old does this camp go because then it gets real fuzzy uh when we have meg <laughs> yeah try to hook up I'm with say mel she's a I'm going to say since she's a staff member, she's over 18, just to make myself feel a little more comfortable with it. Uh, I mean, I'm still like, not okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, something nice about this movie is that it doesn't care if you're okay with it, though. And it it's like, we're going to make you uncomfortable with all of this and like the well, way these characters are objectified. I think that's a very targeted and direct thing that they're doing. Yeah. Everybody's a little bit bad. Everybody kind of deserves it you know what i mean yeah yeah there's really almost no sympathetic figures across the entire <laughs> maybe the jacked counselor like he's the only one who deserves <laughs> yeah. to yeah. yeah he was breaking up a lot of stuff yeah, yeah. he was a good guy he just wanted he was yeah. just was dying to be a holdback guy <laughs> <laughs> god he wants to be a holdback guy uh the i do want to mention the uh camp owner uh Mel. who just yeah, Mel doing his best uh, Mayor Vaughn impression from Jaws. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Hey, but, but shout same out character because he was the only one that actually cared about figuring out who the murderer was. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, like, whatever. Oh, this is too bad. These kids keep dying. Too bad we can't do anything about Meanwhile, it. Meanwhile, he's yeah. like, Ricky, you little shit. <laughs> they just beats the hell out of Ricky. Yeah. yeah. Hammer Holy fist. Hammer shit. fist. <laughs> Elbow drop. <laughs> it just think, goes full WWE this, on Ricky's unconscious body. <laughs> this movie's a willingness. <laughs> this movie's a willingness to just sit with something and not make it just be like a quick cut, like Mel beating Ricky or the um, the pervert being boiled. Like and just lingering on his face while he's just boiling, and you see one of like the boils move on yeah. his neck and expand, and it's like God, like it. And I think that's something to be commended in a movie like this. I agree. Um, I wish we could have gotten more on the bee kill. Yeah, I think that one was solely because they like. 
I think they did heavy practical and used a significant chunk of that budget on parts of it. On the final and then not piece. The, yeah. yeah. And they yeah. just couldn't do the whole thing. I will say this is and and sometimes you can feel this or see this in old movies. You can you can see the parts where they're trying to save money, right? Like in the beat scene is like one of the most obvious examples, <laughs> or they're like mm-hmm. I don't know, just like rip open the screen and stick a stick through, and then we'll just pretend there's bees there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like how how cheap can we do this shot for? Oh, ten dollars. Okay, cool. Like <laughs> we won't even reuse that screen later. We'll just we only have one. <laughs> trying to think okay i know this is gonna come up in what you don't like but i feel like some of the dialogue is genuinely really fucking good no. i know all right but I no. think, here here this is what we'll do tyler you expand on why you think it's good and then we'll transition into what we don't think this movie did yes. well and go on our way so one eat shit and live bill is one of the <laughs> best lines okay. in any horror movie. That's a good line. That alone. But I like the dialogue feels like a lot of the dialogue in like Twin Peaks. It's very bizarre and it just like the characters are insane. They are insane characters who like don't work outside of this story in this setting. But their their characters, like, the ant is bonkers as hell and just has some of the most bizarre line readings and written dialogue. And she makes you so uncomfortable. I feel like the dialogue and the acting is done in such a way that makes the viewer so uncomfortable and really holds that kind of tense thread of just things are not right here. And now I will yield the floor and we'll move into what we don't like about this movie. Jeff, you go ahead. So I will concede eat shit and live, Bill. And I will concede that while I didn't like the mom, I definitely was weirded out by her. And so if the dialogue helps accomplish that, then I'm fine with that. Everything else. I had something... And I tied a string. Okay, I'm gonna cut you off. I can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> I just watched an hour and a half of it. I can't do it. Um, so I I agree with your points. I think that some of the dialogue is shitty on purpose for effect. But this is something that just so immediately takes me out of of any movie. Not not just horror movies, but any movie is when the dialogue is so bad like this. And the dialogue is, like, long. Like, there's, like, a lot of it. And there's scenes yeah. where there's, like, a lot of dialogue. And it, it doesn't really even move the story forward no. or build the characters. <laughs> it's just there. And you're just like, this movie is only an hour and a half. And it, and it felt, like, three hours long. Like, the movie felt so long. Oh, no. I feel it actually like, was. I feel like this one rips along. No way. The No way. This movie... I started this movie at 7 o'clock this morning, and um, I was like, oh, it'll be a quick watch. It's like 120 minutes, like or just like over 120 minutes. Like it's right around 130 minutes, I think. 130 minutes? No, 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 no. An hour, sorry. Yeah. An hour and 20 minutes. That's sorry, how many minutes work. Right. I, I <laughs> Whoever decided to go with the 60 scale is a dumbass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 
who the hell is this for is an anti 12 scale podcast <laughs> we, um, we haven't taken a hard stance on anything for a while so we yeah we are officially anti time <laughs> <laughs> no but i will okay so i just felt like the dialogue is what made this movie feel long in spots because you're like i can't wait to get out of this scene because this scene is so bad. Like I'll say, I know Judy's like a shithead, and you're supposed to hate her, and she's supposed. I to believe say, the like, term mean. is peckerhead. Peckerhead. <laughs> there we go. But I like I. I I'm fine when people are like mean to each other in a movie. Like that's not it, right? But like when people do like school like child insults to each other, and it doesn't even necessarily seem to fit in some of the pieces. It just like doesn't make sense to me. It just is is very inorganic, and I I think the dialogue is honestly the worst thing about this movie. Oh man, Number it's one, what I the worst what thing I about love this about this movie. I think you like bad dialogue in horror movies. I think you I do. might. I think you. I think you like it, and I think you think it's... I don't know if you think it's natural, but like you've said that a couple times about other movies, that I'm like, <laughs> no way. The dialogue is so bad in this movie. So it is for me, atrocious. it's not that it... It's not that it's a natural or anything like that, but like it I can fits. look it fits. Like it's it's like going to a stage play when they're doing acting and like it's not supposed to be natural, but they're that's doing line too. readings and you know what it's a bad if, if that's you go what to a play and they do acting. Then you fucking walk out. What are you okay. doing with your you life? You tell that you go back and tell that to Bill Shakespeare, who created that school of acting. <laughs> but, uh, like, it's it's a bad if you're trying to make, like, a Tarantino dialogue-heavy, like, like, just snappy, like, tight, like, this is a slice of life, this is people interacting with people. What, in movies like this, I want... I want to just, like, give me weird fucking dialogue and people doing it weirdly and set the tone for your movie with it. Like, this movie is worse if it has a talented cast and, like, strong, well-performed dialogue. That It does it's everything a, it, it wants and means to do with this dialogue. It's a different movie. I'll agree. It's a different movie. I don't know that I'm going to say it's a worse movie. I think you could do this story in a, in a different way, and I think it would still be really fun. Um, you could just so make the, this movie with the Wet Hot American Summer cast. Yes. and I So much of this, like watching this movie, kind of going back to what I like about this movie, is like it feels like just a normal summer camp teen comedy at parts. And then it just goes, it takes such, it's that dialogue and this like teen camp comedy thing. And then it takes such a hard left turn when the kills happen and when the final scene happens that it like, the whole weirdness of it kind of disarms you. And I genuinely think the final shot of this movie, when it reveal like the big reveal and like the close up on Angela's face like that's genuinely chilling and the first time i watched this movie like i've watched a lot of shit and like it's i've hit a point where a lot of things don't bother me anymore and i was still at that point when i first watched this i had difficulty sleeping the first time after watching this movie just because like 
it's all very straight up just practical gore slasher. And then there's something just a bone chilling about that final shot. I think it's like her groaning or whatever the hell yeah. sound she's making. Um, but I've got to side with Jeff on the dialogue. I, well, it's not that there's like a ton of bad dialogue. Like what you guys are saying, there's there's a lot of just like unnecessary talking. Like that, like what Jeff, you were pointing, like one of them is like uh, Ricky going back to the social and they have this whole like two minute thing of, well, I wasn't feeling good, so I skipped dinner, so I'm getting food. Well, you can't go because it's closing down. And it, or yeah. or we have uh, any of Paul's apologies to Angela oh <laughs> were just God. terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, guys, Fucking I... Paul. And Paul learning the, the punishment of sexual assault. <laughs> Something that I wanted to bring up that I forgot is just Ricky busting into the... Uh, busting into the first dance with his giant cowboy hat (laughs) coming through the door with just a gigantic cowboy hat on that was given to that character solely so that it could be knocked off within the next 30 seconds (laughs) and i love it he doesn't wear it any other time in the movie yeah i i did like that i thought that was funny um um one thing i didn't like well i necessarily didn't like it i just didn't think it worked that well. Um, the music in this movie was sounded like it was like if you picked music from like a nineteen, I'd say like fifties horror movie, and then plugged it into an eighties movie. And I love that. I don't know if I love it, you- but I don't hate it. I don't know. I just don't think it. It just is obvious, and I don't. It, it stood out. Like, I don't think the music should stand out like, well, this doesn't fit this time period. <laughs> here's here's the thing where I think I'm landing, right? So I I probably unfairly, I know I do this all the time. I say this with a disclaimer on the pod all the time, in that there are certain older movies that I can appreciate what they're going for and what they made at the time and things like that. But when you have an example of a movie that I didn't like a lot the first time, but since I think appreciate a lot more Halloween, right? Where like mm-hmm. Halloween does all the same stuff that Sleepaway camp is like kind of trying to do. And Sleepaway camp seems like a very amateur tr- like recreation of trying to capture the same things, or maybe it's not. And maybe that's why I like, have the wrong expectations for it but like at no point in this movie do i ever feel tense at no point in this movie do i ever feel scared or worried about anything like i'm just watching a camp movie with like 30 seconds of like kills like splintered in you know what i mean it feels Mm -hmm. almost like two very different movies right and I, it, it kind of comes together at the end with the, the reveal. And I kind of wish we would have had one more, like, Angela is crazy thing before we got to the beach. I don't know if that changes the reveal. Maybe it wouldn't be as effective. But, like, I think I just, I was really wanting more, like, other stuff to, like, be afraid of or worried about. And I just didn't feel like there was almost any tension throughout the movie at all. And so, like, maybe the movie's not trying to do that, but, like, that's what I was expecting. 
So maybe it's an, again, like an expectations thing, but it, this movie didn't even feel like a horror movie to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's fair. What this movie is, is a really, it's a really interesting, like, time capsule of what happened after Halloween came out. So Halloween came out and you had the knockoff with Friday the 13th. And then Sleepaway Camp was a knockoff of the knockoff. And whereas Friday the 13th, their whole thing was, let's do this whole slasher thing and make it gory. Like, Friday the 13th is all about the practical gore. But this, it takes those elements and then it, like, it's like a game of telephone. And by the (laughs) time you reach Sleepaway Camp, weird shit has gotten added. And they just roll with it. And I... That is so much of what I love about this movie. I will say, if I could change one thing about this movie to make it, I think, like really excellent, I think if this was a horror comedy, it it works way different. Right? I think it is a horror comedy. I don't, but it's there's but it's not, not trying enough to be of it. One. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's not enough of it to actually make it. It's an accidental horror comedy, and but I don't think it does the horror well enough. I think the reason that it's a, a horror comedy is because the horror is not very good and you're laughing at it. It's not a laughing with movie. It's right. a laughing at movie. I think that's why mm, I see, like I, it. I like it because I think it this is, is a, a big at. laughing with. Oh, no. Totally disagree. I think you can, you can, I think later, right? Like this becomes like maybe a state. And I think you know more about where this fits mm-hmm. in the horror pantheon and how people feel about it. And I'm sure like Brendan, who suggested this, like has very different feelings about this movie. But like that's, that's to me, it just doesn't. It doesn't succeed at what it's trying to do, and maybe it does something else, and maybe people like that more. But like, I don't think I should reward the movie for being bad, and then accidentally doing something else. Like, if there yeah. was a little bit more comedy in this, or if it was more of a straight horror, I think I would like it way more. Like, you know what this movie made me think of? It made me think of uh, Club Dread, like the Broken okay. Lizard. Yeah, that's right? actually and so pretty that's I was spot like, on. I was like, if there was like a little bit more comedy in this, this is like an 80s version of Club Dread. And it's actually probably really good if you do it that way. That's so, fair. I don't know. That's my take on it. I think we've just about exhausted it all. Is there anything else that you guys don't like about this movie? No, I think that's it. I think that's about it. Yeah. I do. I feel like this is a good time to say the things I did like about it. I did like some of the kills. I did like the practical effects. The boiling thing I thought was awesome. Like mm-hmm. I thought that was really really cool. Um, the bees did make me laugh. I don't. That's probably an <laughs> unintentional thing, but I did laugh at the bee thing too. So there's still there's still things about this that are fine, but there's. I think what bothers me most in a movie is when I can see the potential in something and they don't yeah. do it. And I think that's probably where I'm I'm at with this. All right, that is that is fair, and I believe it is time to move on to uh, on to standout scenes, or do we do Domnall first? It's been a while since we've had a straight up normal episode. Let me pull out the format. I yeah. told you we no, should have yeah, that's right. Should have stand out, let handed down. it out, and laminated it so everybody would have a copy <laughs> at their desk. You know, I would lose that right away. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make. Uh, Catherine, like, tape it to the desk. <laughs> I know. I doubt we have a... Do we have a quiz? I do not believe we have a quiz for this one. I'll look one up. 
Yeah, it's, uh, think of a quiz that fits for this movie. I think we've already done some other stuff, but okay. I did find one that might work. All right. So standout scenes. I'm going to let you guys go first. Um, oh, man, it's tough. I think what we were talking about earlier, um, because it's so chilling, I'm going to say the end with, uh, what's her name, Angela, going full tilt and ripping the dude's head off and I don't know what you'd call it, screaming, moaning, whatever she was doing, and the crazed look in her eye. I think that's the... Uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. like the most oh, iconic yeah. part of the movie. I mean, probably. so Felissa Rose that played Angela, like still at conventions, like she still does that face. It, that's what people want from her when they get pictures with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly what my standout scene is. <laughs> I liked anything with the Jack dude. I just thought he was funny. Um. I think I like the first, like after the first guy dies, and it's very clear that they're like trying to cover stuff up, you know. And the the Mel guy is like talking to the the cooks, and he's talking to the cop, and trying to convince the. I think it's Ronnie. Who's the Jack? What's the Jack dude's name? Ronnie. Yeah, and so I just think that was interesting because then it's that's one of the only times in the movie where you're like. Oh, there's like something sinister going on. Does Mel know about it? You know what I mean? It, it's pretty clear at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. that it's Angela. Um, but you know what I mean? Like you just, that's the only time that I actually felt some tension. Cause I was like, Oh, is there like a bigger thing going on? Is there a group of people? You know what I mean? Is he doing it? Does he know who's doing it? Whatever. Um, and not saying it actually panned out, but that was the one of the times that I was probably the most interested and invested in what was going on. All right. So since Riley, took the end and that is my standout scene like that's what makes this movie uh so i mentioned it before i'm gonna go with the baseball scene or softball scene (laughs) oh that's pretty good Uh, actually that's a good one i've never heard more swearing from a group (laughs) of children yeah and just like adult level swearing and just like the horribly unathletic everyone is incredibly unathletic you got guys playing in jeans you got the crop tops going on, and it's just like, yeah, it's just I such think that's a just weird, an 80s like, thing. homoerotic sports scene. Like it, it's this. Yeah, I was gonna say this is it's this very movie's version of the Top Gun volleyball scene, and it's just it's so weird. It that movie or that scene captures what this movie does that I really like, and it's just bizarre. It's so bizarre. And it oh, well, and like you said, it mm-hmm. it stays on it for so long. This baseball scene—it's completely really doesn't, like, inconsequential. Do anything for the movie, and it's just this weird world that has been developed at Camp mm-hmm. Arawak, and I, I love it. I love it so much, and just because we get the eat shit and live Bill line, because <laughs> Ricky is stone cold when he says that. Ricky has just like spent his entire year from last year at camp <laughs> learning how to swear. <laughs> He's just been sitting at home practicing. <laughs> um, the baseball scene, while it's one of the really good ones and it does work really well, 
mm-hmm. is another scene that goes on for forever. Like we yeah. watched them play like <laughs> almost two full innings of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you had to you had to get the weight of just what baseball means to these guys. Apparently everything. Oh, they the had money on it. They had. All right, let's move into letdown or uh, least favorite scenes. Uh, mine's pretty easy. It's just the opposite. <laughs> I'd say the opening scene. It's just probably the worst acting we got all movie. In the boat. The boat. Yeah, the boat and yeah. the ski boat and yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's pretty bad. I think it's the... It's just a bizarre, and it sets the tone for what this movie is. I agree. It does set yeah. the tone, because this is when I was like, oh, it's a laugh-at movie. <laughs> oh, it's a terrible movie. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> oh, so this movie's bad. All right, yeah. All right, I get on board. <laughs> Strap in. I was probably... I think there was 20 minutes left in this movie, like, when my wife sarah like woke up and came out in the living room <laughs> and i was like um i was like i'm finishing this movie there's only a little bit left and i was like you're welcome to watch it or i can let you know when it's over and so she came and sat down so then she she got like i think one kill and the reveal at the end it's just like what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yeah this is pretty hard to explain yeah i uh, i offered to Catherine. uh so before this i should say Catherine and i watch yours mine and ours uh, the Dennis Quaid uh, family movie where <laughs> they, I, I have a letterbox review on it now. Uh, this family has too many children and they should simply not have so many kids. <laughs> if I was a parent, I would simply not have so many yes, children. That's actually what I say in my review. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Catherine was starting to fall asleep but she woke up a little bit at the end i was like hey i'm gonna put on sleepaway camp you want to watch with me and i showed her just the cover and she's like no no thank you (laughs) so i watched it with my cats and it was great so my letdown scene yes i talk about the dialogue and setting the tone and it being a purpose having a purpose and so the dialogue in the scene is written with a purpose but it's so uncomfortable and hard to watch. But when everybody's getting off the bus and all the campers are coming in and you have the pervert just talking. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, they're just uh, grimy. Yeah, there are lines that like he says, I I don't even want to repeat them. <laughs> just so I took I started to take some notes in the beginning of this movie. And it was just things like I was like these accents or something else. Because little Ricky, or not little Ricky, little Angela, when he's a boy, just thick New York accent. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, nobody has those accents the whole rest of the movie. They're like, it's no, a very Ronnie does. Choice. Yeah. The muscle. Ronnie has oh, like a Long Island accent. Um, But anyway, I just took some notes as it was going. And then we get to the molester. And I just put in all caps, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because he just starts talking about the uh, well, we're not going to get into the, it. But there's a certain name he uses for them, <laughs> and oh my god. god, it's so for. <laughs> I'm I'm saying this before this is recorded on an audio medium on our podcast that I am saying this to relay it for people who have not watched the movie, <laughs> but. 
the the line he says when he he's talking about oh they're not too young you're just too old and then says where i come from we call them baldies and that is one of the most horrifying Jesus fucking lines Christ. oh fuck i did not retain yeah that. oh yeah that is one of the most upsetting lines in any horror movie. It should have killed the whole kitchen. Yeah, yeah. and God so he damn. says that, and the old dude, played by James Earl Jones' dad, for the record, uh, just l- chuckles. Oh, that's, like, really Yeah, true. no, that's legit. I his, thought you were just making No, that that's joke. his dad. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just a racist joke. <laughs> no, Richard Earl Jones. Um, but, he, like... Yeah, I guess I probably should have said something if I thought you were joking. <laughs> yeah, I I hope people listen this far into the podcast and understand that I was not making a racist joke and legitimately saying that's his father. Uh, but anyway, he chuckles and waves him off and he's just like, oh, you, and goes about his business. All of them straight to jail. Like, just, just a rough scene to have included. All right. What about our Dom Hall? I think I know Riley's, I gotta... and I think it's the same as mine. Oh, I'm going Ronnie. Yeah, okay. I want more, yeah, I want more Jack Ronnie. Ronnie in this Gotta movie. be. <laughs> he should have been a main character. Like, get rid of Ricky and just have it be Ronnie and Ansel. He's so perfect. Fucking shit I love up. Ronnie. Because <laughs> he's he just jacked, and he's just a sweet Karen soul. <laughs> oh, man. It would have been funny if Ronnie was the one that thought Ricky was the killer and Ronnie beat the shit out of Ricky. Ronnie's like one punch man, Never again. <laughs> like, yeah. R- Ronnie hits a Ricky and Ricky's head just explodes. <laughs> There's so much torque in those biceps. Yeah, just kind of spins yeah. around and then pops off. Oh, so let's talk ratings. Did you find a quiz, Jeff? Oh, yeah. I might have found a quiz. So I have I have no idea if either one of them are good. One is on freeform.com. Uh yes. And the other ABC family. The other one, so, yeah. So hold on. The quiz is called Which Horror Movie Stereotype Character oh, Are shit. You? Oh, that's perfect. Um or there's find out which slasher you identify with the most. I kinda like the horror movie yeah. stereotype. Okay. So uh, we'll go ahead and take this one. It says, which horror movie stereotype character are you? Someone has to die first. Uh, question one. Wait, have we done this one? No, we no, did the like, survive like, a horror survive? movie. Yeah. Okay, well, tell me if these answers sound very similar. You're home alone. You hear a noise upstairs. Do you go and investigate? Uh, no. Are you kidding me? I'd call the police. Of course, it's my job to keep my home safe. My house has the latest security equipment. No one gets in or out without me knowing. Yes, if anyone is up there, dead. Um, nah, I'd stay downstairs in the kitchen where the knives are. Sure, nothing scares me. Does this sound familiar? The questions, yes. The different? answers are different, though. There yeah. are more okay. options. And I'm going to go with uh, going with Frontier Justice. I must protect my home. Of course, it's my job to keep my home yes. safe. Okay. <laughs> Probably not what I would do okay. in real life, but... All right. This next one... Okay, I think the questions are different. Question two. You're choosing a costume for Halloween. What do you go for? A sexy vampire? James Bond? Someone from Harry Potter? Ovs? My my favorite serial killer? Batman? Or a zombie? 
Sexy vampire. <laughs> when you are a vampire, you become very sexy. <laughs> I. Okay. It's hard for me not to say Michael Keaton Batman, because uh, that's just how I read this. And my Michael, my Michael Keaton Batman costume is a black turtleneck and jeans. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll go Dude, sexy vampire. <laughs> okay, question three. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it Wings. be? Wings. Liver, fava beans, and a good Chianti. Pizza, <laughs> always. <laughs> I don't mind so long as I get to hunt, kill, and <laughs> Definitely sushi. <laughs> this one is lobster <laughs> with no punctuation. <laughs> and the next one is all caps ramen. Oh, God. Is this like uh, good ramen? I don't know. I'm going to say pizza. You can get pizza always. You can get wild with pizza always. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you got some variation there. I think that's good. Also, can you imagine just uh, only eating lobster the rest of your life? Like that's <laughs> oh God. God. <laughs> you develop like these super calloused, like lobster breaking claw hands. <laughs> you get fucking like gout after a week. <laughs> a real man eats the whole show. <laughs> you like my lobster, oh. don't you? <laughs> Fine, have it your way. All right, all right, all right. Uh, question four. You had an all-night party and your friends start telling ghost stories. How do you react? Tell them it's all nonsense and nervously laugh over the scariest bits. I'm normally making out with someone in the closet. <laughs> Join in and tell everyone something that will terrify them. Me and my friends normally just hang out in the kitchen at parties. A lot of like... <laughs> kitchen De- we're definitely kitchen people we're, we're kitchen people because i don't know how many parties we were at like that just ended up just being in kitchens mm-hmm. i've i've just like chilled out on a lot of counters just drinking my beers <laughs> okay another cool your- thing to do if you're in if, this is pro tip for the listeners it's a thing your friends would really like and it's a good treat God. for them Damn it. If I you're, fucking know exactly what you're saying. If you're in a kitchen at a party, find some tape and just start taking their utensils, like their spatulas, their slotted spoons, anything like that, and just taping them around their kitchen. Some on the ceiling, some behind cabinets, some under tables. And it's a fun scavenger hunt for your friends for the next couple days. Do you know that Tyler has done this to me not once, but <laughs> twice? <laughs> Four years apart. <laughs> One when we were professionals in Kansas City. <laughs> when I had seen him for like the first time in six months. And he came to my place for brunch. And this is the thing that he did. Oh my gosh. That just that was the danger of hosting an all-day brunch at your we place. Went, we went and played bocce in the park and Tyler fell asleep in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I was still getting my footing in Kansas City. I still didn't even <laughs> technically have a place to live then. Yeah, really just going for it yeah. at that point. <laughs> this is how I make friends. I was, I was a man untethered. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, sorry, back to the question. Next question. <laughs> uh, question five. Okay, listen to all the answers. 
What would be your perfect date? Going to a comedy show and heckling the badass. (laughs) (laughs) Something classy and romantic like a movie and dinner. A stroll around a cemetery. Going for a 10-mile hike on a date? Are you kidding me? You're not already dating this person? You're just like, hey, you want to go on a 10-mile <laughs> What if it sucks at, at mile two? And you're like, well, two, eight more miles to go. Uh, anyways. Is there an visiting- option for take a girl you've gone on two dates with to a weekend-long <laughs> horror film festival? <laughs> I feel like that's the going to a comedy show and heckling the bad acts. Oh God! Unless the act, how is, much of a nightmare is the would act, that Michael be? Richards? Because heckling oh, might not go know. so well. Oh no! <laughs> um, all right. So the last two answers are visiting a museum or art gallery, or a night in watching movies and cuddling on the sofa. Well, I say I the like last probably one. All do a lot of the last one. Yeah. 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 Big big fan of that last one. All right. Uh, you're going camping. What do you take? Uh. I don't do camping. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is cool. <laughs> uh, I take all of the latest gadgets and equipment. My trusty hunting knife. I never go anywhere without it. Nothing. I'll just borrow stuff from my friends. Nothing but the clothes <laughs> on my back. The land will provide. Fake poop to put in my fellow campers' tents. Poop's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was me the whole time. Have- I love how a lot of these have like very specific punctuation. I'm reading it as well as I can. Oh, I, it's coming uh, through. I don't do camping. Uh, I really want to say the knife because then that sets you up for a bunch of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, guys, I brought my old trusty knife. <laughs> All right, we're bringing our knife. I have no idea how many more of these there are. Um, you're walking home alone at night and you think someone is following you. What do you do? Speed up and get home as quickly as possible. Dead walk sprint. Slowly, walk slowly and turn around quickly to try to catch them in the act. It the feels act like somebody wants to sell me something. <laughs> <laughs> turn around and shout something to scare them away. Pretend I'm talking to my friend on my cell. Carry on walking. I don't scare easily. Call my parents and get them to come pick me up. I say full out sprint. Yeah. yeah I feel Just like I'm dead sprint. pretty quick. Okay, I think there's like three more questions. What's your favorite kind of movie? Documentary, horror, a rom-com, classic comedy, anything with lots of action and explosions, something slick and filled with drama. I feel like we're doing a horror movie. Yeah, got to pick, yeah, pick, gotta horror, pick horror. Are we going to get uh, Jamie Kennedy in Scream? Is that going to yeah, be our probably. character? Uh, you're invited to a house party. What do you wear? I'm not usually invited to parties. <laughs> What's the saddest stereotype we could have? Uh, I only wear black, just a jeans and tee. I don't really care for fashion. My sexiest outfit, winky face. Ooh. My favorite designer shirt or a hilarious novelty t-shirt. Oh, a novelty t-shirt. Yeah, I'm, I've got a lot of novelty horror t-shirts. Okay, question 10. This is a fucking long question. I'm actually wearing my Big Trouble in Little China novelty t-shirt right now. Oh. You suspect one of your friends to lying of lying to you. What do you do? Murder them. Hack into their email account. Oh, jeez. The emails. Hack into their email account to see if I can find out what's going on. Hillary. I don't really care about other people's problems. <laughs> Annoy them until they tell me. 
get real pouty and pick a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Trick them into telling me the truth. Forget about it. YOLO. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm, I like the idea that we're just allowed to hack into. The yeah, game. we yeah. gotta go with hack. I, yeah. Also, that if they're lying to me, that the evidence is gonna be in their email. <laughs> I have emailed everyone to tell them the real plans. Jeff has Jeff weekend. has no idea I'm lying to him. He's such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're hacking their like, email, and it's like a scene like the end of Doogie Howser, <laughs> like showing you sitting at your computer typing. Question 11. You're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. What's your weapon of choice? Nothing. I just stick to someone close. A glaive? Uh, Is a glaive an option? Because that gives you reach. No. An axe? You need to remove their heads. A sniper rifle? I don't want to be anywhere near it when it dies. Uh, A curling iron. When the zombie dies? I don't know. I'd build an electric fence around my house. Uh, Probably just a gun. (laughs) Fire. (laughs) Lots and lots of fire. So I'm going to say no on sniper rifle because that ends with me injuring myself immediately. Like, I'm going to end up blowing up a knee, like blowing my knee off while I'm trying to shoulder it. So probably Mm not. I'm going to say fire. I'm going to say fire. Yeah. Fire. Work for Michael Myers. (laughs) Yes, notable zombie Michael Myers. (laughs) Whatever. You start receiving creepy anonymous texts from someone. What do you do? Send them a dick Tell pic. my parents and the police and change my number. Uh, text call the number until someone responds and tell them to stop or else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a phone. <laughs> Ghost protocol. I, I, would send, I would send creepy messages right back at them. Use it as an excuse to buy a new phone. Send them pictures of memes until they get bored. I feel like it's probably memes. The memes. It's memes. Yeah. I would definitely send them the sexy Thanos memes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Guys. Guys. Oh, God. We got, we got the worst one. Oh, no. You are the Joker. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's because we live it's in a society. Oh, we're so twisted. It's not the Joker. But it's you don't take life seriously, so why would you take death seriously? That's You're true. the person who is most likely to be cracking inappropriate jokes while you and your friends run away from an axe wielding maniac. You probably wouldn't make it to the end of the movie, but hey, memorable lines. She can't uh, stand like, the sight of me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not the Joker, but it's just funny because it popped up with you are the Joker. <laughs> If I were the Joker, I would simply not laugh. (laughs) I would simply kill the Batman. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, you know what happens when you put three guys in a podcast and make them take a quiz? (laughs) Okay. Okay. We got to roll the ratings. Ratings and who the hell is this for? Okay. I will I will go last with my rating. Okay. Uh we'll go I'll just I'll assume we'll go in order. Jeff, you go first. <laughs> um This movie is a five. Okay. Higher than I expected. Okay. It's it's fine. I probably would have given it lower, but I actually do think the themes are the best thing about it. I just didn't really have fun watching it. Okay. I'm gonna go I'll go six and a half. Um because I think it, I 
I like the rewatchability factor that I feel after this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's a fun movie to rewatch. I think it will be because I enjoyed laughing at it. <laughs> and because I was in on the joke and laughing with it, I gave this movie an eight. That's okay. I thought yeah, I really thought you're right. the way you yeah, the way you're saying it at the beginning. I really thought you were gonna go like nine or ten. It was hard not to, but I did double check on the letterbox. I have it sitting at a four star right now. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, speaking of, I should probably update that. Now that I've seen Sleepaway Camp. Yep. All right. So let's do our who the hell is this for for this movie. If you like Sleepaway Camp, what else should you watch? Club All right. Day. How many are we doing? I got One, two, uh, three. Three? Okay. Three each. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, number one. If you like people getting boiled, I recommend <laughs> Halloween 2. <laughs> that's a good boiling. <laughs> if you got to watch a boiling, that's a good boiling to watch. Yeah, I think Halloween 2. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see. If you like... A traditional 80s slasher that has some comedy in it. I am going to say Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. I haven't seen it, so I'm just going to assume that you are right. (laughs) Also, by the way, uh, you search 80s slashers. First image that comes up is Angela's face at the end. Really? Yeah. I actually am going to make my first pick Club Dread. I'm not going to say it's a good movie, but like it's a if you did almost the exact same thing but made it a little bit funnier, like that's probably what that movie is accomplishing. Okay. Um I'll go Wet Hot American Summer the movie. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. I now just have the song from Wet Hot American Summer <laughs> stuck in my head. Bum. Bum. All right. So if you like a slasher set at a camp with just one hell of a beefcake. Oh my. I'm going to say The Burning. Oh, I starring really... <laughs> starring one Jason Alexander with a full head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> it was right before the McDLT commercial. <laughs> oh my god. All right, Jeff, you're up. Um, I'm sticking with the parody game. Uh, I'm going to say Tucker and Dale versus evil. Oh, that's such a solid pick for this. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to go another summer camp movie. Um, I'm going and also has a psycho that comes into the camp and wreaks havoc. I'm going with the movie heavyweights oh. <laughs> with Tony Perkis played by that's- Ben Stiller. I see where you thought I was going. Okay. Yeah. Now, my next one isn't... It's a very hit or miss, and you have to be in a very particular type of mood for it. And it's one that, like, I didn't super dig, but if you like kind of some of what's on display here with both weird dialogue, bizarre characters, and some strange practical, I'm going to say The Greasy Strangler. Okay. Which is just 
a weird as hell movie if you're not familiar. I don't think I know that one. Yeah, look up the trailer when we're done here. Okay. All right. I Fruit. already can tell it may not be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's bizarre. All right, you're up. Last pick, Jeff, and then we're going to get out of here. Mm, I don't think it's a perfect comparison, but um, like hidden secrets continuing to cause problems later on. I'm going to go with I Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay. Um, more of a straight-up slasher, um, but I feel like I'm not going to say it has the same vibes, but you might like that one as well. Yeah, I I think that's pretty solid. Good episode, boys. This I've I had fun with this. I'm glad you approve. Yes. <laughs> I I think we're at our best when we're talking horror. Like I genuinely <laughs> think that if you go back and listen to some of our other episodes. Well, those are the ones that get released the most often, so <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another episode of Who the Hell is This For? You can find us at WTHITF Pod on Twitter, uh, and you can find us on SoundCloud or your iTunes app. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one.